0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Health Statistic. My name is Lara Cout and I'm a lecturer at Cardiff University School of Healthcare Sciences. In this episode of the Women's Health series, we'll be speaking to Bron. Bron is an artist, runner, an aunt, a chocoholic and has been living with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder for seven years. Bipolar disorder is a mental health condition which can affect a person's mood. People with bipolar have episodes of mania and depression and these episodes can last for several weeks. According to the Bipolar UK website, 1.3 million people in the UK have bipolar. That is one in 50 people. Bipolar is one of the UK's commonest long-term conditions, with almost as many people living with bipolar as cancer. Bipolar disorder affects men and women in roughly equal numbers, but there are gender differences in the ways that the illness manifests itself. So let's go over to the conversation with Bron. Hi Bron, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so thank you for um, talking to me to, to share your, your story today. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, so you're, you've agreed to talk to us about your your journey with um, with bipolar disorder, and I wonder if you could tell us to start with, what, what is your understanding of what, what is bipolar So bipolar
2: disorder is a mood disorder where you experience extreme highs, um, which is when you feel extremely, extremely happy, and extreme lows. So extremely sad, depressive sort of thoughts. And if you think of bipolar as a scale and your moods are going up and down, um, to have a healthy sort of um, balance living with bipolar, got to have the two scales weighing um slightly um evenly but sometimes you might dip slightly a bit too too low or a bit too high and um and sometimes you need medication to balance that out and that's what a mood stabilizer is um when i was diagnosed i didn't understand what bipolar was but i had a very good Um, psychiatrist and he explained to me it's like having diabetes and it's about managing it effectively by through exercise eating the right foods and making sure that you have plenty of sleep and not overdoing alcohol and going out quite a lot and it's just about management um and I, I was never told about bipolar in school um I was always very anxious but they never educated us on what it was and like I had no knowledge on what any mental health disorder was I just thought that's how it was um but yeah it was um bipolar is something that I'll I'll always have and um it's it's something that can be my best like it can be my it can be my worst enemy and my best friend sometimes. It gives you a lot of confidence and then it also makes you really sad. Um, and you get different types of bipolar as well. So you've got bipolar one where you extreme more ma- more mania um, and bipolar two where you have more of the depressive element of it. And um, but bipolar is different with everyone. So. Some people might experience extreme highs and then extreme lows, and they might reoccur every month or every, like, different days or every year. With me, I'm more, it's more affected by my environment and my stress. And if I'm extremely stressed, I'm more prone to having manic episodes. And it takes about three to four months to come out of a manic episode it's basically where I lose sense of reality, and um, and I I live in like a dreamlike state, and it's it takes about two years to recover from each episode, um, and everyone like experiences bipolar in a different way, but it's something you learn to to um,
1: manage. You mentioned there that there are two two different types of bipolar. Do are you uh, do you have one particular type yourself? So
2: I'm bipolar one. Um. So you have to experience two manic episodes to have that diagnosis of bipolar one. And bipolar one is where you extreme highs, extreme highs of mania, and um. With me, I, I experienced that. I have the tendency of not being um, depressed, but I do have lows, but not to the extent where I can't get out of bed in the morning. Um, some people with bipolar too, they are so depressed they can't leave the house. And that. I'm more of the really high side of things. So I'm more, you know, like everything's amazing. <laughs> And everything's like I'm like my back like I am my confident alter ego when I'm manic. So um, everything I'm not now and um, and yeah, it's it's interesting because you become a completely different person. But it's um, it's also really frightening as well um, to you know to think that you can explode at any moment and not where you're going next.
1: I'm wondering if you could tell, uh, tell me um, kind of what, what led to your diagnosis? So how, how, how did you then find out that you had um, bipolar? So I went to
2: study fine art in Reading University when I was 19, and I experienced um, my first manic episode in Freshers' Week. And I was submitted, I was admitted to the, um, to the daisy ward um, in the um, local psych- psychiatric hospital. And I was put in section. And at first they considered it just a breakdown because it was something I hadn't um, experienced before. And I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I was going out every night and, um, I was in hospital for about three months and I was in an adult hospital as well rather than a children's hospital because um, if I'd been 18, I would have been sent to a children's hospital. Um, but because I was 19, I was put on an adult ward, um, which was quite scary. Um but um and then I sorry, I'm diving from two subjects, but um i went i i left hospital after 3 months and i was on this drug called olanzapine it took a while for me to to bring my myself the doctors to bring my high mood down and that they found olanzapine which is a antipsychotic drug um helped bring my mood down so it helped stabilize my mood but there was also consequences to that it made me very drowsy and sleepy and not be not being able to carry out my day to day tasks, and eventually I came off everything, because my mum thought it was just a blip, and I, the following year I decided to return to my studies in Reading, and it all exploded again, <laughs> and uh, it all got progressively worse, um, and I ended up in hospital again and. For so this time, it was about four months. And over this time, they, my parents took me straight home and because they noticed the signs and I was submitted, admitted to um, Wichit Hospital. And they, they, the psychiatrists experimented with a lot of different drugs so that they could bring my mood down because I was on a really high, like high, high, um, high manic episode, so I lost sense of reality. I was walking around with no shoes on my feet, thinking that I was. Um, I, um, I had, what's it called? Um, grand, grandiose I- idealizations. I was writing books and. Um, I was doing a lot of art and wearing some really crazy things and um, they for a while they just wanted me to um, calm down and bring my mood to a placid sort of level and that's when they tried me on lots of different drugs and that's when they found the drug Depakote which was a mood stabiliser and I've been on that drug since for seven years and that has helped me a lot and it was only during the second time of being in hospital that I received my diagnosis of bipolar and before I I didn't know why I was in hospital I thought I was depressed but I didn't because everyone else in there was depressed and I was like oh I must be depressed but it felt strange because I felt so happy, uh, which I was really confused about because everyone else in there was, um, you know, they they had certain reasons of being in there, and I just didn't really. I found it quite strange that I was in there, but I didn't understand why. And then someone said, "You've got a chemical imbalance," and I was like, "What on earth is a chemical imbalance?" And um, basically, my brain wasn't was over, overproducing um, the happy hormone, which is like when you eat chocolate and basically the coat was gonna balance it out a bit more. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot to deal with.
1: Did you have any, any point in like that process of, of being in that really high high? And then yeah. being in, in hospital and at, at what point do you did you start to realize and or understand that it that it was bipolar and that you were in a in a in a high a high state a manic state? Or did that not happen until you know once you got home and later down the line?
2: It didn't happen until um, the drugs kicked in. So I was, I was in hospital, I would, they'd moved me to Landoc, and I started seeing things um, more clearly and I was like, oh no, I did that? I can't believe I did that. And like, I had to like, I had this urge to go up to every person and apologize to them when I was manic and like other of, of things I did. And I was like, I'm really sorry, that wasn't me. I'm really embarrassed about what happened. And um it was very like, oh my gosh, did I do that? It was almost like you get really, really drunk and you do something and you're like, oh did I do that? But then it was on a higher, like a more extreme version of being drunk. And it was only then did I realize, oh this must have been bipolar and this is I, I kind of, like, read up on it a bit more when I was in there because nurses were very helpful. They told me more about it and how there were lots of different types of bipolar. And, like, I was on a ward with, um, with a, a girl with psychosis, and we were really good friends, and another girl who had bipolar, but she had a different form where she... Um, she she was more on the low side and um, it was interesting that we all, even though it was a really hard time, we all s- still stayed together and we sat down and we were all watching TV together. Um, and it made me kind of accept it a bit more. I think when I came out of hospital, that was when it really felt really isolating like how i ne- i didn't know anyone who had this diagnosis especially i was only 20 when i was diagnosed with it so i was probably the youngest patient um, my psychiatrist had and i was the baby my mental health nurse used to call me the baby because i was her youngest patient and it was all it was all quite i don't know it was very like oh something I've just got to get on with, and my psychiatrist and my mental health nurse were amazing. They recommended me to do do lots of like to do a bipolar course and learn more about it, which was with Cardiff University. So I learned more about like the triggers and things to look look for, and they came up with um, a mental health sort of um, action. Plan so if something were to happen again, what other things I've got to look out for and the triggers, so that I can bring the crisis team, or um, be somewhere where I can um, take a few days off work and like reset my brain, and um, with my 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 psychiatrist recommended that I do some volunteering and. Um, that really helped me. I worked on a stroke ward, and I worked um, in an old person's home, and that helped me gain a bit more confidence. Sorry, I'm going off subject again, but um, um, but yeah, it's it was really hard for me to talk about with people, um, but I think it was it was um, I think it was just. For a long time, it was really hard for me to open up about what was going on, and I was always told not to tell people. And and for a while, I didn't. And um, I just got on with it, and I just went to the gym and focused on like my running and things. And it was only when I went to university that I realised that I wasn't. I shouldn't be ashamed of it. And because we were all quite open about our mental health, and um, one day I just came out and said. Well, this is what happened to me in um, my first time in university. And they were all really supportive of it. And they all really helped me get through it. And they were like, my lecturer before was like, don't tell everyone, don't tell anyone, because you know, you've got to like look out for yourself. But I really wanted to um, help other people and make sure that people who are going through the same thing as me knew that they weren't alone and after I told everyone on my course about it um, in the ways that I like found it really hard to talk about um, they all opened up about their own mental health and the struggles that they were on and, and it made me accept it a bit more and realise that it's okay um, to to be the way I am, it's just a colourful extension of my personality, <laughs> a lot of the time, but.
1: Yeah. I, 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 would... like, I like that description. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's always, um, for a long time when I was a teenager, I never really understood why I was dying, why I, like at night I'd go to sleep and my brain would be racing with thoughts non-stop there would be a continuous song in my head going round and round and round and I used to overanalyze every minute detail of something and I thought that was just me being reflective but then I realised that putting the pieces together that this was actually my illness that was doing this to me and it like explained a lot of how when I was 14, of what I went through um, for two years, I didn't smile, I didn't talk to anyone. And um, it made me realize that I was, I had um, like depression, Um, so like depression where you um, function day to day, but you're not really, um, you're not really, focused on anything else I just wanted to read as many books as I could and not socialize with anyone and I found that it made more sense to me now that I had this diagnosis and why I why I went like why I shut people off and didn't talk to them for a certain time and why I why I react in that way um it kind of explained a lot about it
1: Thanks for sharing all of that around your, around what you know what led to your to your diagnosis and everything. And are you are you still on medications now?
2: Well, at the moment I'm transitioning between dapcoat, which is also called sodium valparate, to um, aripiprazol. So dapcoat is a mood stabilizer drug, and I've been on that for seven years. But recently I've been told that I because it's harmful to my reproductive health that I have to change. So I'm in the process at the moment of changing my drugs. And um, the process at the moment has been quite difficult to get my head around, like it's made my motor skills um, like sometimes I don't have control over my hands trying like because I'm a waitress I try and carry something and then one day I just like drop a load of glasses on the floor and I'm just like
1: why did I do
2: that why did I do that I'm usually quite confident carrying things and then it just everything just drops to the floor and it's frustrating because you want to have like control of certain parts of your body and then all of a sudden they stop working and um, that's quite frustrating and the shakiness as well like i'm an artist and i'm um, trying to do like you know like really important details um it impossible at the moment because my hands are so shaky and the transition of drugs they just they make you dizzy and makes you experience moods you haven't experienced in a while <laughs> it's like waking up um but yeah it's interesting um and I'm just preparing now to um, go on this new drug, um, because it's going to make me sleepy for a while. <laughs> Which uh, is going to a lot of like, gotta plan ahead and make sure that everything's going to be okay. But
1: uh... how how is how is this um, this the, your experience and and your diagnosis? How, what's the impact been on you? Um, as an individual, but also as, as a young woman as well, because as you said, you were quite young when you were diagnosed and, and everything.
2: I think most of my twenties, um, well, this, all my twenties have been shaped around my diagnosis of bipolar and living with it. And at times it was really hard not to go out and drink and go on all these amazing holidays that my friends went on. And you know, um a lot of people I know were like, oh yeah, do you remember that time we took this and that? And I was just like, I never got to experience any of that. And um because I was always focused on keeping myself healthy and making sure that I never dip too far or you know it's always making sure that you're always going to be okay. And I was always after my diagnosis, I was even too scared to drink alcohol. Um like when I was um when I was 21, I, I remember I went out for my birthday and it was just like, I'm too scared to drink, I'm too scared. And then I like kept going home early because I was just terrified that something was gonna happen. And it just made me for a long time it made me realize that I was too scared to let go um but then when I um went to university I realized that it's okay you can drink a little bit but as long as you manage yourself and make sure that you can enjoy going out without having alcohol as well and you know that you know there's always this thing that people have to go out and get drunk and not remember the night whereas I could go out, have one drink and remember the whole night. And like, I'd be the one that would be able to remember everything. So it was always, um, it was always like really funny how people were like, I can't remember that. And I think, I think that's nice in a way because you wake up and then you don't feel worse. And I think that's a positive. And I think, um, I think most of my twenties have been about, Making sure that I've been all right and nothing's going to happen again. And um, I think there's that always that little voice inside my head, like, don't get too anxious, don't get too anxious, because you know where that's going to lead. And um, so I'm always worried about the triggers and always making sure that I've got like extra support around me if things get too bad. Like, I'll like my mental health nurse is amazing. She, will always ring me up there's something wrong like I'll bring her up and she'll always talk through like strategies with me and like mindfulness and I'm also part of a running group and they always help as well like they've become really good friends of mine and whenever I'm going through something difficult we all just go for a run and we all just talk through um things that we go through and just random stuff as well which is really nice and it gives me set focus and direction of where I'm going it keeps me um focused on what what I'm going to do next so it it does really help and they give you friendship as well which is that they, which I've struggled with in the past I've really struggled to talk to people but being part of a running group has really helped with my social skills and my confidence because I never really felt that confident in my body before after going on the drugs and it it really helps like they such an amazing group of people who have all got individual um stories and ideas and are professionals in different all walks of life and um, they all come with their own experience and we all talk about it and um, we all share our funny quirky stories Things, so that's always nice. Um, and um, recently I completed the London Marathon, which I never thought I would be able to do. Like, I thought I wouldn't be able to actually get there, but I did, especially in COVID. So that was an amazing thing that, an amazing achievement that you look back and think, wow, that's how far I've come. Mm. And It may not seem much to some people, but I think when you're at mile 20 and you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, this is how far I've come, um, it makes you realise that you can do anything. Even if you do have a mental illness, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I wish I could go back and tell that 21-year-old girl who had, or 19-year-old girl who'd come out of hospital that there is... Hope and that, you know, don't give up. Just keep listening to your doctors, your family, your friends, because they will support you and they will like help you get better. It's just being patient and making sure that you stay well. And, you know, your body's a temple at the end of the day. And if you do something wrong, it's going to respond in a certain way. And that's how my body responded to stress, it was a stress reaction. Um, I think you've just gotta look after yourself when you're going through something traumatic like that, and I guess that's what my boat bipolar has taught me is to look after myself in situations a bit more and make sure that I'm aware of what's going on um I <laughs> that was another <laughs> um digression, but uh, um
1: it's it it does it's a real journey i was going to ask you <laughs> um like where where you're at now and it it sounds like you're in a a, re- a really good place now and you've you've achieved things that you didn't think you would be capable of
2: yeah definitely i feel like um i think you know every day with bipolar is like a new sort of chapter you don't know what to expect. And like, you know, tomorrow I could, you know, coming off my medication, like, I don't know what, what to expect, but I think you've got to take every day with a pinch of salt and make sure that, you know, I've got reason to go out of the house and I've got my dog. So I've got my lovely Betsy and she, she makes sure that I get get out at half seven to take it to the toilet and make sure that, you know, I do sit in things. And, you know, like, even when I don't feel like going outside and it's pouring down with rain, she's like, ruff, 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 and she, she makes me go outside. And I am, um, I'm also a running leader, which um, also helps me keep focused on times and make sure I'm there on time to like help other people who are going through, um, who are learning how to run, and um, which, I, which I undertook a course in over lockdown. And I just like keeping, keeping myself focused and learning new things. And that's a lot of what um, my di- diagnosis taught me is that I'm always willing to learn something new. And like I, I was learning sign language as well, which was really nice. And I got some, some lovely people which was really nice and we all were all quirky we all had our own uh, mental health problems but we all you know we're all like quite funny about it we're all like comparing um but yeah it's nice the more open you are about it the more other people are willing to share their own stories and even just talking about it in the workplace like mental health in the workplace um like I used to work in Cardiff City and one of the people who worked there was an amazing ambassador for mental health. Like she set up a room, um, she worked closely with Mind and she set up a room for, co- for workers to go into if they were feeling stressed and they could sit there for five minutes and just regain, you know, that sort of calmness and then go back to work. And I think that's really important in workplaces, like prioritising areas for people to go and sit and have time to recuperate if they're feeling stressed. And I think that's important too, like for people who are going through certain things and giving them a chance to have that sort of um, area to um, sort of regain sort of... A sense of reality
1: it's, it's just so wonderful to hear your story and to hear where, where you're at now and all the things that you've, that you've been doing and I just wonder if, you know if there is anyone listening to this um listening to your experience who is um you know it has has experience of bipolar or knows someone who does or or even is experiencing any kind of mental health Um, difficulties what what would be your advice to them? I think it's just to
2: listen to your support network around you listen to your mental health team they have your best interests at heart and you know even if you feel like a medication is not right for you they might try something else so I think these psychiatrists are there to listen and understand what you're going through and the like the local mental health team that I'm with, they're amazing. They're always there to support me. And if you feel like, even if you're, um, you're, you think that there might be something wrong, talk to your GP about it. And mind are really, really good as well. If you are struggling or if you're having a panic attack, just ring them up. And they, they've got someone who's trained. And they will talk to you about mindfulness techniques. It's just really lovely because um, that's why it's so important to raise money for people um, from mind for mind because these volunteers are trained up, and the money goes towards that. And um, these people help people who are um, who might commit suicide, who are on the verge of committing suicide, or doing certain things and they talk them out of these situations and I think that having those resources in place is extremely important and there's a lovely chat for people who have bipolar, it's called Bipolar UK and they've got um, Bipolar UK ambassadors, April Kelly, um, who talk about their experiences by bipolar and every Friday they have like a news, they have a feed And they have a live video when people can interact on there. And they've got a live forum as well for people. Um, There are also some bipolar groups around. So if people want to go to the cinema and want to network and things, there's nice little groups to do there. And um, I think it's just like having those resources in place for those young people who are going through um, their diagnosis now. Um, October is the most is probably the highest time for um, hospital admissions for mental health. Um, the amount of young people who go to Freshers Week and end up being admitted to a mental health ward is really high. So I'm not the only one who's been in this situation. And with the effects of COVID as well, there's probably gonna be mental health like on the rise. So I think, um, I think our government needs to have more in place with that and they need to provide these young people with more of like a handbook on what we can do to help these people in these situations and making sure that there are resources that they can use as well so that they have access to volunteering and, um, you know, art workshops. And like, I had to seek all this out for myself during my recovery um, and, like, even social groups, even local running groups, it would be amazing to have that. Um, you know, if you're going through recovery and you're on lots of medication that makes you, that causes weight gain, a lot of people might want the confidence to go out and beddy up with someone. So, I think it would be really, really amazing if we could have something in place to help people who are going through that and having someone to talk to. Um, But yeah, I I think I could talk about mental health all day. I'm very passionate about it, and about like all these resources that we need.
1: Um, Fantastic messages there, and I was I was going to ask you as well if there were any healthcare professionals listening to this, or anyone listening to this who's working with people um, with 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 bipolar. Um, You know, what what would be your
2: take her message to them? I think um, for people who are experiencing, like even students, for example, who are working on a mental health ward, there was this occupational therapy student that helped me. um, Just being kind and being empathetic for what that person is going through. We may not, like, for me, like I just wanted to be treated like like a person when I was in there and the mental health team were amazing like they just made me like they they were like my friends and they we all used to sit on the sofa and they used to talk to me and like when you're going through something really hard and you're away from your family and you know a 19 year old girl away from her family for three months in this place that you in an unfamiliar place with people who might do something when they're out of character um it's very scary and the staff are amazing and I think it's just to have a a person-centered sort of approach treating people as you would like to be treated yourself and you know giving people that sort of sort of empathy and making sure that you know like even if you just want to um, you know, this OT student just sat down and played games with me and took me out shopping and gave me a coffee. And I think there's that type of thing where you just want to give that person who's going through a hard time that sort of feeling of feeling normal when something really awful has happened and making sure that that they, you know, um, are able to get back to their normal, normal selves. Um, and providing them with the, the the steps to get back to the new version of themselves, not what they were pre diagnosis but living with um, their diagnosis and realising that it's okay to have what they have because we all have things that we're going through. I remember there was this one nurse when I was... In hospital I was crying I was like I I don't want to take this medication it just makes me makes me fall asleep all the time and he was like don't worry I have to take it too and like it's just that like openness and thinking oh that person as well is going through that is really um reassuring because it makes you realize that everyone has their own battles and just having that understanding really that we all have to go through something, Um, but making sure that they have the education and understanding of what is going on with that person, Um, which I try and apply to when I'm working with children in schools and, you know, understanding what they're going through. Like if a child is acting a certain way, then making sure, like understanding why they're acting in that way. And try and approach them in a kind and ways to help them in that way. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I think it's one of those things where you, with mental health, it's just there is so much to learn from it, and like looking into as many case studies as the, as you can, because and ways of helping people. Is always a good way
1: thank you so much bron for speaking with me today and for sharing your story
0: it's it's been okay. so interesting and and really inspiring so thank you very much thank you to bron for sharing her experience with us if you would like further information please visit bipolar uk mind or headstrong together websites